This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. I have an iPad and four different screens. I don't even know where to look for the screens. Steve Stone. We're here, which is great. White Sox TV analyst. Glass is mostly full. How do you keep your glass? Mostly full. A rosy outlook. A positive bias. Sorry, I'm floored. I, I've run out of words. Former Cy Young Award winner. He's my all-time favorite White Sox player. I was a member of the Southside Hitmen in 1977, one of the most exciting White Sox teams in history. Steve Stone. This is voting on the best things in the world, just, just things that we love, things that are great. And the 15 seed in the producer's region is passive-aggressive Steve Stone. You take a look at what he did last year. It wasn't overly impressive. Just know that that particular version of you is a favorite of our producer. It's hard to really sit a guy. I went five for five. Some managers don't think so. Well, that will happen on occasion. It has happened in Sox history, but we won't get into that. Just to be nominated is an honor. You don't have to win. Isn't that what people say? You know, you don't have to win anything. Just to be nominated is a great honor. And He was a jukebox hero, you could say. Yep. All right, Stone Pony, thank you very much. Breaking down the game of baseball for more than three and a half decades. There's 30 teams out there that can use a guy's expertise like that. Steve Stone with Bernstein and Rahimi. Where did your meme go? Oh, I don't know. He just dissolved. Starts now. Foreigner does jukebox hero. Oh, no. Stone is on Twitter, at Steve Stone. He's on the Alpamani Nissan hotline, Alpamani Nissan on North Avenue in Melrose Park, or at apnissan.com. Stoney, that glass half full, that rosy outlook being tested today as we get the unfortunate news about the extended absence of Luis Robert. What do you do now? Well, first of all, I, I believe, um, judging by my Twitter account, that um, I am presiding over the Titanic. And yet, I take a look at the standings, and I find that the Sox are one game's back, one game back. So, um, look, all of baseball is uh, is pretty close as far as standings are concerned at this point. This is not a day for celebration if you're a White Sox fan or a member of the White Sox organization, because uh, you've lost two really good baseball players and you've lost them for extended periods of time and then you get the word that Adam Engel has had a setback and he won't be able to uh, to start even uh, baseball activities as far as playing in in any uh, in any games um, just in rehab for another three weeks so um, let's say that there are dark times however Good baseball teams, and I think the Sox are and were a good baseball team before this rash of really devastating injuries. I think they will find a way to stay competitive and keep things together until uh, until things get a whole lot better injury-wise. I think we're in a situation, and I felt this way from the beginning of the season. I like to see Minnesota lose as many games as possible because I think at the end, Minnesota is going to be the competition in the Central. Right now they're sitting five games in back of Kansas City, four games in back of the Sox. They're starting to play better baseball, which is somewhat frightening. However, um, uh, I think you have to look at every option you have, and the first options, the easiest options, the ones that you, you do before you start to give away some of your assets down the road, those are internal options. So I think we're going to see uh, Vaughn play a whole lot in left field, which I think is a good thing because if you notice how hard he's hitting the baseball, that precedes hitting home runs. I think he's going to get better and better as a hitter, and he has not embarrassed himself as a fielder. I think we're going to see a combination of Leary Garcia 
and Billy Hamilton in center field. If Billy Hamilton is out there, you really don't lose much of anything defensively. You obviously lose a great deal offensively, regardless of who's going to play center field. But Leary's gotten some timely hits. I'm not telling you he's a long-term answer. I'm telling you that he was one of the guys that give you an option at a number of different positions, and now that position is going to be center field. I hope that uh, Adam Eaton can stay together. He has a tendency and has gotten injured in the past. And uh, sometimes running the bases is an adventure, like diving back into second. And I thought he came close to breaking his ankle on that one. Hopefully he'll be fine because the Sox more than ever now need his bat. So there aren't great options right now, but there are a lot of options. And if you factor that in with really good starting pitching, I think you can stay afloat for a while. Well, and I think, Stoney, you know, the idea is to also keep the infield as cohesive as possible. When you've got guys like Keichel who induce those ground ball outs, the infield seems to be improving defensively from what we saw, at least at the beginning of the season. So yeah. that brings up the question, what what happens with the bench now? Somebody is probably called up at the very least, don't you think? Well, I think you're taking a look at whatever options you can at this point and, and figuring out just exactly which direction you want to go in. I mean, um, Danny Mendick is one of those guys that give you uh, very competent backups everywhere, and he's been shuttled back and forth. So he probably uh, looks like he's going to get now consistent uh, time on, on the major league roster. Uh, Luis Gonzalez is one of those guys that can fill in the hole in the outfield. Um, I think that you know he's got a chance to be pretty decent. He's not going to be asked to play a lot, but he's going to give you he's going to give you some uh, some flexibility in the outfield. I think one of the things the front office is doing—that's Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, and all of their evaluators—they're taking a look all over baseball right now, and they're seeing who might be available, what would be the price uh, that you would have to pay to get them. And then figuring out, you know, you, you can't get a guy that would appear to be a two-year guy when you know that Robert and Jimenez are coming back. You don't know exactly when they're coming back, but you know you have to fill a hole, so you start looking at one-year guys, rentals if you were, and find out who's there and find out who you can, uh, who you can inquire about. And, you know, right now it's so early in the season. Uh, that teams don't make consequential deals right now because most teams don't really know exactly what they have at this point. I mean, you know, you figure Baltimore would be way out of it at this point. Baltimore would be something that uh, you could probably go out and get yourself maybe Trey Mancini. Uh, maybe you can still do that, only that would be a consequential deal for the Orioles. The Orioles are only 14 and 15. They're three games out of first place, and they pretty much know that Boston's not going to be there at the end. At least they think so. So that team is, is far from uh, from out of it. Uh, you look at the Tigers. The Tigers are in a rebuilding phase, and you take a look at who they have out there, and uh, you ask yourself, do you want you know one of these guys to be your guy on a consistent basis? I'm not sure. You know, we just played them. I'm not sure if that guy is out there. So there's a lot of possibilities, but right now um, you have options. You have great options. Probably not great options, but you have options. 
your mean Mercedes AL Rookie of the Month due to his scorching start, and also found himself benched due to tardiness. What's his deal, Stoney? Does he just sort of enjoy being your mean and, and enjoying his newfound fame maybe a bit much? Well, look, he, he's had a wonderful month, and let's let's um, let's go with the fact that it is one month. Now, he had some problems earlier in his career adapting to certain things, and maybe, and I don't know for sure, but maybe one of them was rules laid down by authority figures that he was playing under. And and so um, I think he has learned a lot. I think he is much more mature now than he's been. Obviously, at, at 28 years old, you should be mature. But I think if he sits down and takes a look in the mirror and looks at himself and looks at his situation and looks at what's happened to him, he will realize that getting this opportunity, and largely he got it because Eloy Jimenez got hurt. If Eloy doesn't get hurt, your mean maybe makes this team at a various time. I don't think he breaks with the club, and I don't know if he gets consistent play. This is the best thing that's ever happened to Mercedes his entire baseball career. <clears throat> he's got to follow the rules because until you're great, I mean great over a long period of time, there is almost zero um, tolerance for being one of those guys that you can't depend on in whatever shape or form you having having to depend on him. So I think Yermin can contribute to this team, but I think he's got to play by the rules, and I think he's got to do everything right to contribute to this team. And all he has to do is look across the clubhouse and take a look at what um, Jose Abreu does on a daily basis. He gets there early. He wants to play every day. He shows up. Now, you know, it's one thing to say that Jose is a star, and certainly that's what some stars do, not all of them. But Jose's been like this for quite some time. Take the object lesson of another guy who came over, uh, signed a, a contract. Your your your, your career is not uh, – the same as Jose's, but the point is, it's even more impressive because Jose is a star. He was the MVP, and yet he doesn't coast even 10 minutes of any day. And so if you take a look at that, you'll realize that this is a golden opportunity for your mean to make a great deal of money for his family and his future. It's a great opportunity for him to put his stamp on this ball club that really needs him right now to come through and do everything you need to show up and be prepared to play on a daily basis. And anything less than that is putting this organization, this franchise, and certainly the career of your mean Mercedes on the line. Because they're not going to tolerate a great deal from a guy who's been here basically 10 minutes. And I think if he realizes that, things will work out a whole lot better. I don't anticipate any problems going forward. Stoney, in Cincinnati, we have a potential pitcher's matchup, which after the last game in Cincy, is a bit of a surprise because of the uh, the Cubs and, 13, and 13 Reds football score. Yeah, yeah, Keuchel and Sonny Gray. Gray had a good start his last time out, showed some improvement. And Keuchel, we expect, will, uh, will of course, do what he does, try to keep the ball down. Always a challenge there, but maybe with the weather being a little different, it might work out. Well, hopefully they're able to play the game because I understand the weathermen might not cooperate. And then... You worry about, um, and and I think they have to play a doubleheader tomorrow if they can't get the game in uh, tonight. But, you know, pitchers' duels in that ballpark are pretty rare. 
that has been and continues to be a launching pad, especially if you get a day where there's any wind at all and it's blowing out. It's a small ballpark to begin with, made a lot smaller by the wind. So, yeah, could we get a pitcher's duel? We could. Um, uh, if the under is four, I don't think I would take it. Uh, no. So, you know, so you, you kind of always look at the fact that probably a lot, a lot of runs will be scored, but of those two, the advantage might be Dallas because he does throw a lot of ground balls, and he threw a lot of ground balls last time. So maybe he's getting to the point where he's feeling really good about that sinker, the changeup, and the cutter combination that he uses. And when he's right, guys hit the top of the baseball. They hit it right into the ground. Stoney, did you get your jelly beans replaced? We included the now iconic photo of you in the booth that Jason Benetti took in our Twitter feed to promote your appearance today. And I felt bad for you because you looked like oh, you had some real childlike excitement to enjoy your jelly beans, and now they're scattered all over the press box. Yeah, it was pretty much an American tragedy. I mean, you know, when you <laughs> when 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 you've got jelly beans that are about a year old. And, you know, the adventure really is which ones are still soft enough to eat and which ones will crack your back teeth. You don't really know when you grab a handful and put them in your mouth. That that gives you a certain amount of adventure, but also because there are all kinds of different flavors. You know, not the normal jelly bean flavor. I was pretty excited about those. But, yes, I did get a replacement bag. Um, the folks at uh, at Guaranteed Rate were kind enough to drop off a, a bag. Granted, a smaller bag than I had, but then again, this one didn't rip, so I always look to the bright side. Steve Stone. Do you really hate Nickelback, or do you really like Nickelback? Which is no, it? No, I, 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 I actually like it. I actually like them. I, I thought that, uh, yeah, I thought Rockstar was really good. You know, I, I honestly, I can relate to that because I always wanted to be a rock star. I was very good at the whole lifestyle, except after three instruments, I had no musical ability. So I thought that would be a stretch. But the actual life of a rock star seemed to fit very, very well with what I, I uh, was doing in those days. What three instruments? I played. Uh, I started out with uh, with the violin. Uh, I then played the drums, and then I played uh, almost three years of clarinet and bass clarinet. And I wow. sucked. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, but you you had a you you had as close to a rock star life as you could in the in the heyday of the late seventies and early eighties. You you didn't lack oh, yeah. for enjoyment. I, I, I told you I was I was great at the lifestyle, just no musical ability, you know. And that that kind of curtails your uh, your dreams for stardom as far as having to play an instrument. However, you probably don't know that Hey Mr. Tambourine Man was written about me. I could have played a great tambourine and, you know, gone gone to the after parties. <laughs> Linda McCartney. <laughs> Stoney, thank you, sir. Okay. Take care. Have a good rest of the show.